I think God is trying to give us very specific messages in uh, the way Jesus was born, um, because he's identifying with us in uh, specific ways. And uh, we discovered that on the first uh, Christmas week message, and we'll explore a few more of them today. Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me. You're listening to the good news of the gospel. We normally go through the book of Romans each uh, Monday through Friday, and we do that for a year and a half, and then we start all over again, because this book teaches us what God's grace is all about and how he brings that grace to us through his Son, Jesus Christ, and how we believe. So if you would like to join me every Monday through Friday, you can do so in a couple of ways. You can either listen on the radio on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at four in the morning on uh, the radio there in uh, these various uh, states surrounding Colorado. Or you can listen any time of the day or night on your smartphone uh, or your other remote device. Simply download a free app, Podbean or SoundCloud, or go directly to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or... um, faithquest.podbean.com. Well, you remember the first presentation I shared with you on this Christmas week. We talked about how God was born in a very, very unusual situation. He was obscure. He was not announced on the television, as it were, or the radio of the times. He was not proclaimed in some uh, royal manner where the word went out and the streets were lined with masses of people praising God for his arrival. No, he was uh, announced to those simple shepherds on the hillside who were doing their humdrum work each day and alone with the sheep. And that seems to me to be a message to those who feel that their life is obscure. We all feel some uh, that sometimes, don't we? The feeling that we haven't done anything significant. We haven't uh, fulfilled those dreams where we thought we'd conquer the world and everybody would know about it. Um, we have had a particularly, not a particularly grand life, but rather humdrum. God is identifying with you and with me in those circumstances. Ordinariness in its true meaning is a blessing because ordinary people are more able to receive faith because they haven't anything to lose. They are ready for something extra special from God because they don't have all the extra specials of this world to grasp onto and to hold onto at any cost. And then on the following day, we talked about um, Jesus being born in a scandalous situation. This woman was already pregnant before marriage, and so it was quite probable that the neighborhood was talking about this bastard child. 
Now, many of us have known scandalous lives. We have had sinful lives. We have had lives that have shamed us. We have secrets that we don't want others to know. And God identifies with the scandal of our lives by being a scandal himself. Yes, it seems to me that it was provoked in God. That is by God. God provoked the world to know him as a scandal and so that we could have some sense of identity with him. And then today, I think of the birth of Jesus in that manger. It's all very romantically expressed. You know, you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. But why a manger? Well, Luke chapter 2 verse 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus was unnoticed by most people except those wise men coming from the East, remember. They knew what he was all about. But the average person, well, this was one more baby among many. And yet this was the Son of God, and there was no room found for him in the inn. You remember John said, He came to his own home, and his own people did not receive him. I think God is identifying identifying with those people who feel that there is no room for them in this world. I know many people, I have known many people over the years uh, that are Christian, believers in God, but they feel they just cannot go to church. They feel their life is too sordid. They feel too unworthy to be in his presence in a church. But as I was able to teach them the gospel, that God counts even the ungodly as righteous who trust in him, that's Romans 4 verse 5, these people began to feel the courage to go to church and to believe that they were accepted by God, even even though their lives sort of said to them, there's no room for you in society, there's no room for you here. You would have thought that if God, the creator of the universe, the father of all mankind, was going to come to the world, he would be born in a palace with lots of classy attendants and uh, lots of fanfare. But no, in a manger, in a cowshed, in a little trough, uh, that's what it was, I think, a trough uh, that was uh, not being used Uh, and uh, they put hay in it and laid Jesus there among the cattle. God then is identifying with all of his creation, not even just human beings, but even animals, because the whole creation will be released and redeemed from its corruption, Paul says in chapter 8 of Romans, you remember. So it's up to us to come to God and to say to him, Father, I have often felt I am a man uh, living, born and living in obscurity. I have often felt, Father, that I am a man that is scandalous to the world because of my sins. And I have often felt 
that there's no room for me in society, that I, I don't fit in. Well, listen, God didn't fit in. God never fitted in. You remember that when he was born, sometime after his birth, when Herod found out about it, he so sent soldiers to kill him. For it says there in chapter 2 of uh, Matthew, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all his, its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. This is an incredible account, because it is telling us that God knew that for him to arrive on earth as a human being was exceedingly dangerous. For pure love to enter the, the kingdom of Adam, which was under the power of sin and death, would be madness from a human point of view. Pure love cannot enter the kingdom of Adam which is under the power of sin and death, without being ultimately destroyed. God had to be very wily. Jesus, you remember, was exceedingly wily with the, uh, with the Pharisees and the Sadducees after he was a grown man and started his ministry, because he could have been slaughtered at any time. He was in danger. And so we have this incredible God of ours, identifying with us at every point. He was obscure, just as you and I feel so often very obscure. He had a bad reputation, just as you and I very often have bad reputations for doing wrong. He felt homeless, out of place, not able to fit, there was no room for him, just as you and I often feel out of place, and we don't seem to fit as Christians in society, or we have some peculiar uh, personality or difficulties to relate. And all of this God wants to identify with us. And then we're in danger. The world isn't a safe place, and it wasn't a safe place for God either in Jesus Christ. And that's what Christmas is about as well, helping us to realize that you and I, um, in our sense of not feeling safe in this world, are in the heart of God, for that is what he experienced. He didn't, he didn't feel safe. He knew he wasn't safe. Jesus, the, the love of God in him, pure love, was butting up against selfishness and cruelty and evil that this world has, has so often flicks upon every one of us. And so Jesus, when his uh, ministry came, and even before I would imagine as a young boy and a young man, had to trust in his heavenly Father's protection. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust, says David in Psalm 16. And that surely was the heart of Jesus. You and I have to be preserved by God. We're in dangerous territory. It is not safe to be alive in this world, in a certain sense. And least of all, is it safe to be alive as a Christian? Not that Christians are 
persecuted to a great extent in this Western world at the moment. Certainly in other places they are. But our spirit is persecuted by the devil. He doesn't want us here. He wants us gone. We are too strong a witness to the glory and the love and the mercy of God. And he wants us wiped out. But it is our Heavenly Father who protects us. What time I am afraid, says the psalmist, I will trust in you. For the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. And so Jesus, trusting in his Father, was able to say, you remember, in that verse that said, Do not fear a, a, a man, do not fear human beings who can kill the body, but fear God, who can kill both body and soul in hell or in the grave. He is telling us that we do not have to be afraid. What he's telling us is that our life is eternal until the work that we have been given is done, and then God will take us home. So what a God we have, who made sure that he didn't arrive on this earth with great wealth. He didn't arrive as a billionaire. He didn't have a wealthy mansion worth millions. He was not famous. He determined to identify with the poor in spirit and the poor in body and those who grieve and those who mourn because he wanted us to know that he could understand every pain in our heart. So go before God this Christmas time. Take some quiet time for yourself and say to your father, Father, I thank you that you understand my obscurity. I thank you that you understand that I am not a well-known person and haven't accomplished great things in this world, but you understand that. And I thank you that my reputation that follows me is an embarrassment to me, but you understand that too. And I thank you, dear God, that when I feel that I don't fit, that you didn't fit either, dear Lord, and so we identify with each other. And I thank you, Father, that when I feel in danger, you knew all about that because you knew danger too.